4: is the Banker Bob Thought for August 23rd. No matter how old you are, when your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no, you're going to get it anyway.
5: This portion of Rapid on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org.
3: Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the Greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA 15220. For additional information Call 412-922-8988. A message for all
5: racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and Asco. The experienced Salesforce has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative power sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455.
6: And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Rebar.
7: All right, fans, joining us now is Bill Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good evening. How are you?
8: I'm doing well, Don. Thanks for having me.
7: You know, a lot of excitement. Before we get into that, I'd like uh, an update uh, on Steve Singo. He had a pretty bad crash. What's the story?
8: Well, it was a very uh, tense time for us at the Jennerstown Speedway. During hot laps this past Saturday... Steve Singo, who I'm going to go on record saying, probably the nicest person you ever meet in the racing community. Uh, him and I have become very great friends over the last couple of years. And it was pretty tough to watch this happen for me. Uh, I did not witness the incident. I was actually in the Speedway office. And uh, I noticed there was a break in the hot lap session. So I called up to the tower and said, what happened? Someone scattered a motor and they said, hey, you need to get to the back stretch right away. Uh, Steve was involved in a really bad head-on collision. So I ran from the office all the way over there because, of course, you can't find a golf cart when you need it, dawn. Uh, and we got over there. Uh, the Jennerstown Volunteer Fire Department with Somerset Ambulance in conjunction with our paramedic that is provided by Economal Health Systems. Uh, we're in the process of extricating Steve from the car. Uh, they did have to use the jaws of life. Uh, he was momentarily knocked unconscious. Uh, he came to, just was very, very sore and had some pain. So they decided safety first some of the best in the business in a very timely manner. They were able to extricate Steve. He was transported to Connemaw Hospital for further observation, and I am happy to report I've been in constant communication with Steve and his family. Uh, He's home. He's resting. He's sore, but everything's okay. Nothing broke, nothing dislocated, and he says he'll see me this Saturday. I don't think he'll be behind the steering wheel of a race car just yet, so we're very, very happy to report here on wrapping on Racing that Steve Singo is okay, in great spirits. Uh, appreciate everybody call, texting, and checking on him. Like I said, probably has one of the best bubbling personalities in the pits, and I like to consider him a very dear friend and glad to see he's okay.
7: Well, let me add to that story. Uh, I was on the phone with him a couple days ago, and I wanted to get him as a guest on the show. And he explains that he travels a lot with his job. He works for some company that does asphalt work, and that he would be um, he would be happy to do an interview, but would probably have to do it from his hotel room because he'll be out of ton. Fine. And we were setting everything up, and obviously we're going to eventually do it, but I'm going to give him a chance to get healed up. So good news. Yeah. He's okay.
8: Yeah, and I want to communicate something that Steve asked me to share with the entire racing community, and we're going to put this in the forefront of our efforts here at Jennerstown. Um, Steve had a full-containment racing seat, and it wasn't the cheapest seat you can buy, and it wasn't the most expensive seat you can buy. And, you know, we've made it pretty much mandatory in most of the divisions at Jennerstown and highly recommended in the others. And Steve drives a Charger car. He doesn't drive a late model, doesn't drive a modified, and... He found out that most of his bruising and soreness and pain that he went through was a result when the impact, the seat actually bent. The seats are made out of aluminum, and just from a sheer weight and the strength, it wasn't mounted incorrectly, it wasn't from the actual impact of getting hit, but just the centrifugal force of getting moved in the car actually bent the seat, uh, creating some shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And he just wanted to share to the racing community that, you know, you can't put a price on safety. Everybody gets upset when we add a new rule and it costs some money, but this needs to be an eye-opening experience for not just asphalt racers, dirt racers, and anywhere, go-karts, you name it. Safety needs to be a priority, and uh, Steve's actually going to bring that seat to the Speedway next Saturday, and we're going to put it on display. Maybe it'll hit home for some of these guys that they need to pay a little closer attention to their safety measures.
7: That's an excellent idea. Very good. All right, let's talk about the racing. You had eight features, and I understand you finished in a timely manner.
8: Yes, uh, Mother Nature didn't cooperate at first, but then she uh, pulled the reins back, and we were able to get all eight feature events in, and that's what I said, eight feature events. Uh, we kicked off the night with a 50-lap Martellus Pharmacy late model feature. that was a makeup from back here in July when the Clarks concert was there, and Mother Nature didn't cooperate. We kicked off. We had 17 late models on the property. Started out with a caution fest at the beginning. Could barely get two, three laps at a time. Kept getting incident spin outs or whatever. And we finally got some green laps going. And with two laps to go, actually the leader was coming to the checkered flag. There was a caution involving Joe Maruca in the 90 and Brian Ship. In the 48 racing for second place behind Jared Barclay, basically, actually, I believe they were in the lead at the time of the incident, both sending both of them to the rear, uh, giving the lead to Jared Barclay on a green white checker finish. Starting second on this restart, this was really exciting, Don. Um, we have drivers, it's always been the policy at the Speedway. If you're not present the day of a makeup feature, but you show up during the makeup feature, you can start scratch, meaning dead last, right? Well, Mike Sweeney made the trip from Nesquahony, PA, four-hour trip, starts dead last on the field, and with two laps to go, he charged himself to the front, and he found himself on the second position on a green-white checker restart. Uh, Unfortunately for Mike, Jared Barclay decided he was going to pick the outside, leaving Mike the inside, because the leader has a choice. They went off into turn one. Jared was able to capture his third Martellus Pharmacy late-model victory of the season, uh, really outstanding course course of the year for him, and just great competition in the lay models to kick off the night.
7: And I understand that uh, Ship uh, won the other one.
8: That's correct. We had a 30-lap uh, feature. What we did, rather than heat races, since we had eight features, we decided to invert the top 12. Uh, I'm sorry, not invert. Let the top 12 in the first feature pick a redraw for the. 30-lap feature. Uh, fortunately for Brian, he was able to get a pretty relative helpful starting spot, but he did not go uncontended, as the 90 of Joe Maruka was there again once again after the previous contact. I think it had uh, all the eyes of the entire speedway on him, and both of them had Barry Audie in tow, who was driving hard. You know, we went from 40 laps down to 30. I think Barry was hoping this would have been a 40-lap feature, because 10 more laps, I think Barry Audie would have once again uh, got back to Stoney's victory lane, but it was Brian Ship capitalizing on the 30-lap feature, giving him his third win of the year. Really? Well, it's been a pretty outstanding season in the laymalls. We've had eight different winners. we still got Zane Farrell, we talk about all the time, knocking on the door, finished third in the 50-lap event, and I think he finished fourth after starting very deep in the field with the 30-lap event. So, they, we still may see nine or ten different winners here before this year's over. I think Zane's on the verge of a win. I think Mike Sweeney, who's going to race us two or three more times, has a chance for a win. And who knows? There could be another surprise winner with Owen Haup or some of the other guys in the field as well.
7: Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Bill Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Well, we got Golick, Hemminger, Flegel, and Nelson. Who's next? Who do you want to talk about?
8: Well, the Storytown Auto Rector Modifieds put on a well of a show. Pretty much, I believe it was caution free, flag the flag. I know Tom Gullick got the start up front, but he did not do it without threat of our friend over there, Doug Lesnar, who's always fast. But Tom just had the field covered. Uh, he was putting, I was actually looking at his lap times earlier today because he just put a schooling on the rest of the field. Um, really exciting close racing in the modified division. Jason Bush had a third place finish in uh jason's been struggling a little bit this year i talked to him saturday he went back to the basics and the car really responded look look for good things that come out of jason here in the upcoming weeks and the one-stop auto sale pro stock division once again we had 12 12 pro stocks on the property gone when you create a division out of thin air in september of the year before your goal is to have six or seven cars the first year We've got 12, and I know of two or three more that are going to be coming out here as soon as they can get the cars put together. So really excited about that. You mentioned Will Hemminger returned to victory lane. Uh, Dale Kimberly was almost having a dominating performance until he made a rookie mistake. And I noticed I said rookie mistake because Dale technically is a rookie in the pro stock division. Uh, he caught a lap car who had some mechanical issues, and Dale kind of tucked in behind him instead of going to the outside, which allowed Will Hemminger to capitalize making an outside pass, great move from the rookie driver, giving him the lead. Uh, fortunately, a Unfortunately, a caution came out, but Will was able to persevere after the restart and go to his sixth win of the year.
7: Well, you mentioned 12 cars for a brand-new division. There's a lot of tracks in western Pennsylvania that aren't getting 12 cars for divisions that have been around since I was a kid.
8: Yeah, and the exciting part about this is, Dawn, there are some guys moving laterally in these divisions, But there are so many new names in this division. Trent Clark coming over from Dirt, who's actually been exciting to watch. He bought the former Zane Farrell machine. He is having the time of his life. Jim Bryce, who I predicted last week, the guy's going to get a win. He is just there. He's competitive. Chucky Kessler working hard. I mean, Chris Brink, the names that are in this division, I I just love it. And then this past week, Josh Dunmire, who's the son of the legendary Northeast Regional Champion of Jeff Dunmire. He was out there for his first night. It's just, it's a who's who of racing in southwestern PA with uh, names from the past, new names. Mark Hauser, who drove street stocks with us a couple years ago, I talked to him in the stand Saturday night. They got the motor and transmission in. They should be out in a couple weeks. It, it's just awesome seeing the buzz around Jennerstown Speedway. You know, we got to finish talking about Saturday. We've got to start talking about next year. I don't know if he wants you to know it, but Zach Tadero, who has been a very, very fierce street stock competitor, purchased a late model for next year, will be competing in the Martellus Pharmacy late models, and I know of at least two other drivers that I'm not allowed to talk about. So, excited to see things continue to growing on the mountain. Uh, Saturday night, we had two more features before we talk about Super Cup and the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers. It looked like Bob Mossdoutler from Somerset was going to get his first career win in the Charger division. Uh, Bob is a great guy. I call him Bam Bam. He is just always funny, always laughing. Great competitor, just takes it in stride. And he had a commanding lead. Car started to free up. Uh, Kyle Burkholder was able to run him down with about two laps to go and make the pass for the win. But great shout-out. Congratulations to Cal. But Bob Mosseller was my hero. I really thought he was going to get his first win of the, the year, and I was excited to see him. And he had a pretty big smile on his face at the end of the night. And the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Force, uh, a familiar name to Victory Lane, but not so much in recent years in the, the four-cylinder division. Casey Flegel had the night off in the Ron's Collision Center street stocks. And when Casey's not racing, he is actually helping in the pits. Uh, he actually filled in for my tire changer who wasn't able to be there. And, you know, Casey and I have had differences in the past, and now we've actually become pretty great friends. I keep telling everybody I've rehabilitated him from some of the actions he's done in the past. (laughs) And uh, he'll tell you the same thing. Well, he texts me and says, i got to go pick up a car. I said, for what? He goes, well, Lance Shawley has to go to a wedding. He says, I can go get the, the car and race it. So Casey goes to Lance's, it's loaded on the trailer, shows up with the guy's truck, trailer, race car, fire suit, and helmet goes out and starts dead last on the field of, I think, 12 or 13 cars and ends up winning the race in a borrowed car, borrowed fire suit and a borrowed helmet. And the best part of this story is Casey went into turn one. Now Lance Shawley's a little bit bigger than Casey Flegel and his head must have a bigger helmet. He says he went into turn one and he had the belt tight, but he didn't think anything about the helmet. He said the whole helmet slid sideways and he was looking out of the helmet with one (laughs) eye because the visor was... (laughs) So, of all people, Casey (laughs) Flegel takes a borrowed car with, he said he was having power steering issues and ends up going back to Stoney's victory lane in a four-cylinder. It was fun to watch, and the fans loved every minute of it.
7: Amazing. I love the helmet story.
8: (laughs) Oh, yeah. When he tells it, it's much better, trust me. (laughs) And then that brought us to the Super Cup Stock Car Series, who did not disappoint with two thrilling 50-lap features events. The first one went flag to flag. Great racing all through the field, when that flew, it was Brett Nelson from Petersburg, West Virginia, who just had John Speedway figured out, Don, returning Estonia's victory lane. And in the second Super Cup 50-lapper, it was Brett Nelson again, but it wasn't a dominating performance. He did one of the most amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see the highlight reel on this thing. Went into turn three and did a crossover move on Brian Kitzmiller that You would see on Sundays, that's how good of a race it was. The crowd went nuts, and uh, he ended up doubling up, winning both of the 50-lap Super Cup Stock Car Series races.
7: That is a great night of racing. Hey, if we have a minute, let's talk about our buddy Josh Berry.
8: Yeah, really exciting news for Josh Berry. You know, he's been doing some fill-in. I think he was just in for... uh, Corey LaJoy recently uh, with COVID protocol and stuff. They've been getting opportunities in trucks and so on and so forth. But just recently now, full-time Xfinity racing next year for junior motorsports. Really excited to see what the future that man has. You know, we can't forget that he he was the pole sitter for the American Freedom 300 here on uh, July 3rd this past year at Jennerstown. So super excited to see Josh uh, progress in his career as well as Derek Griffith, our winner of the Motor Mountain Masters here. $10,000 $10,000 winner, red jacket, just got my newest edition of Late Model Racer Digest, huge two-page article about Jennerstown, Derek, Jared Barclay, Ethan Myers. Got to thank Jim uh, Carlson over there at Late Model Racer Digest for really taking care of Jennerstown Speedway and showcasing to the world what, what's going on here. You know, Derek just made his his truck series start this past weekend at uh, St. Louis, so excited to see famous drivers coming through the ranks here at Jennerstown, and speaking very highly of Jennerstown while they're here.
7: You can't blame them. The place is beautiful. You're doing a great job. The owners uh, keep making improvements. I mean, what's not to like? Hey, Bill, we're coming up on a commercial break. Any uh, closing thoughts? Anything we need to add?
8: Just look forward to seeing everybody again this Saturday, August 28th, as we have a five-division racing program as well as a four-cylinder division, once again, so Mother Nature has been outstanding this year. A couple little bumps in the road, but I hate to say the R word, but she's been really good to us for the most part. So hopefully we can continue the momentum, and that leads us into one of the biggest events of the year here in a few weeks, the September 11th Isma Super Modifieds return to the Jennerstown Speedway. So keep stay tuned to the schedule. Keep listening to the show as we get closer with updates. I thank you. You have a nice evening. Thanks, Don.
5: This portion of Wrappin' On Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out Jennerstown.org.
9: Thomas Meat Market is a full-service old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over 50 years. They hand select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Thomas Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier
0: way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store
5: Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's
6: Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now, more Rapid On Racing with Don Gamble and Bill Freebar.
7: All right, fans, joining us now is Jeff Giles, the recent winner in the pro stocks at Jennerstown Speedway. Jeff, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fine. Well, yourself. Good. I loved your picture. You know, uh, you really got a million dollar smile and uh, it's up on my Facebook, or it'll be up on my Facebook page. Uh, looks really good. A little bit about the race. Uh, you haven't been running regular, so let's talk about uh, what happened Saturday.
10: Yeah, Saturday was the best night you have had all year. Uh, went out for the makeup feature, uh, started eighth and finished third. A um, little bit, there was an incident in the front of the pack towards the end of the race that ended up bumping us up a couple spots. Um, Went on to the heat race and won the heat race. Um, Did a couple little minor adjustments on the car and had a good starting spot for the feature and was able to hold on the whole time.
7: Now, a little bit about the car. I understand, I think you bought that off Gary Wiltrout. It's a Port City
10: car? Yes, sir. I bought Gary's car from last season.
7: So, you got a good car. You got an Ingram engine. So, looks like you're in pretty good shape. Uh, Backing up a little bit, uh, when we spoke in April, uh, you and your wife Missy were expecting a son. A little bit about Toby.
10: Toby's four months old now. Um, He loves going to the racetrack. We actually rented the track when he was only 10 or 12 days old and had him up there in the pit. And he slept through it all, never made a sound. And we take him up pretty much every week with a little set of earphones on him. And he loves being at the track.
7: Well, you want to get him acclimated young. And that's that's a good start. <laughs> and I told you off air, Toby Toby Tobias, one of the most famous modified drivers ever on the East Coast. So he's got name recognition and he's only four months old. Now, you started racing in 03, ran up to 08, 08. Uh, Then you were out of it for 13 years. Uh, What happened and how?
10: Well, whenever I got into racing, it was kind of a surprise. It wasn't intended. Uh, My dad just bought a race car and thought it would be something fun to do. Um, So I was able to do it till 08, and I ended up moving out of my parents' house and took a job and just didn't have the funds for it. Um, But now, you know, life's calmed down. I got married and had a few years of settling. I was able to get back into it.
7: Well, in '05, you uh, you won the Charger Championship and thirteen features. And I understand the features you didn't win. One of your buddies won them. Who was that?
10: Uh his name was Jim Stokes. He was a yeah. friend of mine I met down there, and you know we still keep in touch a little bit here and there. Not as much as probably either of us would like. Um, I keep every once in a while messaging him, trying to get him back into the sport. But he races dirt bikes now, and uh, that was his original his original thing before racing and he ended up getting back into that and that's just where his heart's at so i don't think he'll ever make it back on the track
7: when did you move to the modifieds?
10: i moved to the modified after my charger championship so it would have been 06 I see. and did that for a year or two um went back down in the charger for a brief stint, um, just a few races in 08 and then that was the end of it
7: then the decision to go with the pro stocks—a wise decision. Uh, Billy Rebar came up with an excellent idea for guys like yourself, where you want to run in a competitive class, but maybe uh, the super late models out of your budget. Uh, when was the decision made to go pro stocks?
10: Well, originally I wanted to get back in it in a modified again because all the years I was off, I just wanted to get back in the modified because I loved racing it, loved the speed. Um, so. I looked for a car and reached out to Billy in the off-season, told him what my plan was. Um, He put the bug in my ear about the pro stock, and I kicked it around but still really wanted to do the modified. Um, But the deciding factor was I was probably 50-50, and then I figured if I do racing and decide to get back out, it's probably way easier to get out of a late model because someone's always looking for a good late model chassis as opposed to an asphalt modified, because in our region, I'd imagine it'd be pretty tough to get rid of a a modified chassis. So that's where I made the decision, and uh, I'm really glad I did. It's a fun class.
7: You know, we spoke early, I think it was in April, and one of the things you said you'd like to do is pickleball. And for our new listeners that are probably wondering, what the heck is pickleball? Can you describe that?
10: Sure. So pickleball, um, it's, Actually, they say it's the fastest growing sport in the country um, over the last few years. It's similar to tennis, but the court's smaller. And you play it with a wiffle ball and like an oversized ping pong paddle. Um, and it's, it's more of a, a patient strategy type of game instead of just slamming the ball like tennis. But it's, that's about the best way to describe it. It's sort of similar to tennis.
7: Very interesting. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jeff Giles, recent winner in the Pro Stocks at Jennerstown Speedway. I got to think that maybe your most memorable moment was your first win. When was that?
10: Uh, my first career win? Yeah. Or my first Pro Stock win? No, first your first. Career win. Yeah. Okay, career win was in 05 in the Charger. I had been in the division. This is my third year now. Um, I knew I had a good car going into opening night. Uh, Didn't win opening night, but on the second night of the season, I was able to win. And I started the poll and just was on a rail and just won by a mile. Um, And then won this... It was the second night, the third night, the fourth night, and then it just kind of started stringing them together and ended up with 13 that season.
7: I understand you had a chat with the flagman about his signals and that you should be watching. What was he referring to?
10: (laughs) So... He kept holding his arms really wide, and I didn't know what it meant. I thought it was two laps to go, and I'm like, that can't be because we're only like six laps into the race. So he told me that if I get a, a, a big lead, he will give me a signal that I don't have to, you know, be on the verge of wrecking the car every single lap to hold on to the lead. So, yeah, lesson learned there.
7: Well, that's experience, you know. Now, your number 50 is unique, and I think I know how you arrived at that, but I'd like you to share it with the fans.
10: So I ended up number 50, uh, the car that I bought for my dad purchased originally when I did the charger, bought off of Bob Kossel, and that was Bob's number for years. He ran in pro stock and a couple, I think trucks on the motodrome and things. So when we got the car, the number was on it. So we didn't really want to pay to have decals made up and all that to see if we even like it and want to do it. So ended up liking it and 50 was on it. So just cut 50 and that's. Was been all the years.
7: Well, that's a good number because you don't have a situation like the guys that run zero, one, or seven. When you go to a track, there's a half a dozen other guys with the same number, and you got to put an X on it or a G or whatever. So, a good choice. Now, if we look toward the end of the season, what would you say uh, your goals are?
10: Uh, my goal originally at the beginning of the year when we talked, I believe I said it was to finish the top three in points or win three races. Um, the top three in points isn't going to happen. Ended up getting in a pretty bad accident earlier in the season, had to miss a week, uh, get the car clipped. So I think I'm fifth in points now, but quite a ways out of the top three. So we'll have to settle, um, so settle for I two more I have wins. have to settle for two more wins. There's only four races left, so I'm going to have to get on it here. Uh, I, it's really going to come down to where you start and the tire. I'm really, really bad on my tires right now. I'm in desperate need of tires, but I think everybody's kind of in the same boat.
7: Well, Jeff Giles, this happens with the help of sponsors, and I'd like you to take a minute and acknowledge who helped you out.
10: Uh, Well, my sponsors for the year was Ford Business Machines, Expert Paving Company, uh, Kevin Metzger, DMD Dental Studio, uh, Westside Tire and Lube, Painter's Choice Auto Body Supply, um, Morocco Welding, North Star Equipment, Specklin emergency services and i just couldn't even go on about all the just individual people that has been helping me gary and his crew um rob van fleet's been helping me brian Audie's my spotter he i've never spoke to any of the audience much before but he saw i was at the track by myself one week and offered to spot for me and he's been a big help every week um up at the track you know and just i could just go on and on all the people that has been helping me out and it's much appreciated. I said in my uh, speech after the race that I come to the track alone, but I'm never alone when I'm there. you know, because everybody's always willing to help out. And made a lot of friends this season.
7: Anytime you're connected to one of the Audis, you're ahead of the game. How about oh, yeah. uh, pit crew? Uh, you say you come by yourself all the time. Uh, didn't your brother Andy used to help you?
10: Well, the plan before the season was my dad and my brother were both supposed to help me. Um, They've just both been busy with life, and my brother made it up once. My dad, unfortunately, hasn't been able to make it up. But so I just go up myself and try to recruit people when I can. Uh, Gary always has a lot of guys there, and for a while I was sitting next to him, so they've been kind of keeping an eye on me and stuff. So, yeah, they've been helping out.
7: That's a wise move, parking close to Gary, because it's his old car, and if anybody knows all the ins and outs, he'd be the guy. Hey, we're coming up on a commercial break, and I would like to know if uh, there's anything you'd like to add, anything we missed.
10: Uh, I believe we covered it all. just like to thank my wife for letting me be able to go out and spend a little bit of money on the car and all the time, uh, especially with the baby. She's been picking up some extra slack. Um and then just thank God for looking over my not only myself but everybody at the track. There's been quite a few ugly incidents up there this year, and everybody's come out healthy and safe. So, I'd like to thank him for that.
7: A great interview. I thank you, and you have a nice evening and continued success. Let's see if you can get two more
3: wins. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Don. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
6: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? RPS Financial Solutions and JWC-JWCA are unaffiliated entities.
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
9: And now more rapping on Racing with your hosts Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
7: On last week's show, there were several questions about what is an Australian pursuit race? What it is, you take 10 cars, you put the fastest car in the back. And the goal is for the fastest car to move up through there. And every time you pass someone, they need to drop out. That's the Australian Pursuit Race. Now, how do they pick the cars? Well, they might take the previous week's feature winners, or they might take the fastest qualifiers. They have to determine, and definitely the emphasis is the fastest car in the back. Many years ago, at the Blanket Hill Speedway, Blackie Watt was driving the Joe Pitcavish 37 Chevy Coupe. And unless you just started watching racing yesterday, you probably know who I'm talking about. So Blackie starts 10th and in one lap, he eliminated the entire field. He pulls into the pits and Pit Cavish says, way to go, Blackie. Don't use up the equipment. I thought that was a great story. The other question was, what is the round robin? What well, Heidelberg, back in the day, they would take three cars, three fast cars, one that I really enjoyed. It was Herb Scott, Buddy O'Connor, and Joe Mihalik, And they start side by side. They run for three laps. Whoever wins that one moves to the outside, and everybody else moves toward the left. They run the second one for three laps. Same scenario. The winner moves to the outside, everybody else moves to the left. They run a third one, and then whoever wins that, then they tabulate out of the three races who had the best finish, and they're declared the winner of the round-robin race. I remember some of these at Heidelberg where Mahalek and Scott and O'Connor were so good and so smooth when they were racing You would have thought the three cars were bolted together, some of the most fun I ever had watching races at Heidelberg. For the fans that have any other unique races that they would like to have explained, just email or call the old guy, and if I can remember, I'll explain it to you. Hopefully this will satisfy our listeners that wanted to know, what is the Australian Pursuit Race?
9: And now more rapping on racing with your hosts Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
4: Saturday night at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. We finally got in the first of four scheduled winged 410 sprint car shows in. The first two were rained out early in the season. We did get a 410 race in, but that was for the Buckeye Outlaw Sprints wingless sprint series back a few weeks ago. So Saturday night, finally, we got the winged sprint cars in from around the area. Cy Lynch was top among them, and by the time the race had come to 19. 19- and three-quarter laps, it looked like it was all Brandon Mattis because he was your leader the entire race. And literally, Cy Lynch led the last 10 yards of that race, finishing but six one-hundredths of a second ahead of Brandon Mattis with a, just a last gasp pass right under the flag stand. It was an incredibly exciting race, and Cy Lynch talked to Tyler Harris in victory lane.
11: Cy Lynch, again your feature winner here tonight that's about as close as you can get it fans let's have it a well-deserved round of applause for your feature winner here tonight give it up for the 42 of Cy Lynch. Cy I had it on race monitor it was six one hundredths of a second I came down I still had a quadruple check that you were the winner it got that close tell me what walk me through those last couple of laps because it's really hard to put into words and I want to hear from your perspective
12: yeah this track's really tough you know 20 laps goes by really fast and uh you know you don't get a ton of chances with lap cars or cautions or anything like that so uh you got to get to the lead first and if you don't you got to hope for uh for a mistake or an opportunity and um you know I felt like we were there we would close in but uh you know I I couldn't get second I was trying everything I could and I realized that the more that I battled with him, Brandon would get a bigger lead, so uh, I just tried to reel him in one last time, get a good run on the 08, and, uh, you know, an opportunity came up in three and four, and I know it was tight there, but I've wanted to win here for so long, it's crazy, so uh, this track means a lot to my family, and I've been so close, I've had so many seconds, so many thirds here, but, uh, you know, the first win here was pretty special.
11: You did quite well at the Knoxville Nationals. You represent, represented Western Pennsylvania very well. You represented that Lynch name very well. Um, coming back here to Western Pennsylvania, where you have the ability to run a lot of tracks like Lernerville, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, of course, um, it's got to feel good to come back home and seal the deal on some of these local tracks as well. And it's not like you don't have a lot of tough competition to do that with.
12: Yeah, no, I mean... Uh... Everyone here is really good, and, and they focus so hard on the tracks around here, and they, uh, they're good here for a reason. So, um, you know, we use a lot of these tracks to test, you know, whenever we do get bigger opportunities, to go out and race at uh, Eldora in Knoxville. And, uh, you know, coming back home, I, uh, you know, we're just focusing on each night. So we tried some things. We had speed all night, but, uh, you know, I knew how this race turns out. You know, you either got to get in the lead first or hope for an opportunity, and it was a very
11: slim opportunity there at the end, but uh, I took everything I could get you've been fortunate enough to travel a lot so far in your career hit up a lot of different racetracks run a little bit with the all-stars as well what is it like when you come here to pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway what's it like racing here how does it compare to any other track oh this place is fast and i i've always
12: loved this place i uh actually got one of my first opportunities to drive a 410 here. So um, I think my dad got his first ever win here. I know my grandfather's won here. Uh, so this place has always meant a lot to us. And, you know, for them to bring the spring cars back whenever they can, you know, I wish they could get more of a turnout. I know a lot of people are scared of the speed here, but uh, I've told Matt and Smokey every time that uh, anytime they have the sprint cars, we'd love to come and support. So, and especially with all of our our uh, local sponsors, Masaitis Motorsports, ADV Depot, All-American Framers, uh, Fisher Body Shop, Buff.
4: As we said, Brandon Mattis finished second, Dan Curiger third, Brandon Spithaler, Darren Gallagher rounding out the top five. Top ten were Russ Sansosti, Brent Mattis, Matt Sherlock, Steve Bright, and George Fredericks. And that was your sprints, your 410 wing sprint cars, Saturday night at Pittsburgh. Also on the card, our regular Rush Dirt Late Model Division, Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. And Ben Police came back, your winner. Ben, the two-time and defending champion this year, not in the points chase because he hasn't raced with us every week. But he came out and dominated this uh, past Saturday night. And he also got a chance to speak to Tyler Harris in Victory Lane about his win.
11: Ben giving his best Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation down here on top of the car as he goes up top. A very jovial victory lane here at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Ben, welcome back to victory lane.
13: Thank you. It, it feels good to be back. I mean, that was that was a hell of a race. Sean was giving me signals that, you know, I wasn't pulling anything. So it was every single lap. It was, you know, just if I was off a little bit, you know, I seen that he was closing in. So it was... It was good, and then you know, with Landers spinning there, I didn't know if they were going to throw the caution or what we were going to do. So, but we picked it up. That's all that matters.
11: Yeah, it got real tight, real quick down there with Lander spinning. But you guys were able to avoid him. Before that, though, the race was getting pretty close when you guys were weaving in and out of lap traffic together. Daryl Charlier was all over you. I don't know if he showed you his nose just yet or not, but he was right on you.
13: Well, that's what I knew. I knew he was close. You know, I got I got hung up. Uh, there was a few lap cars. They kind of went in the middle right where I was running so I didn't know which way to go around them and, and Sean he was showing me that I was I didn't have anything to uh, to lack you know I had, I had to stay hammered down.
11: Yeah, that you were you were right where you needed to be. You held your line. You did what you had to do. Obviously, you have a lot of uh, fans down here, a lot of friends, family and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who make this happen for you. Let's go ahead and thank them now.
13: So tonight I got to thank I got to thank my mom Miss Ones for her her birthday was yesterday. I go over to the garage, we're loaded up, and she's sitting there. She says, I'm going with you guys. And I said, no, no, you're not. I, I have my deal in the pits. You're not going. So she was all upset. She was bitching. She was all pissed off. But uh, this one's for her. Her birthday was yesterday. I got to thank Uncle Reggie, Sean Phillips. You know, without without Sean, I, I probably still wouldn't even be racing. I mean, he, he's a huge help. And, you know, all the family and friends, you know, my wife, Kaylee, for even letting me be in the garage pretty much every single night. And, uh, you know, you got to thank everybody on the car because without these guys, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have the money to be here. Producer Supply, Lee's Plumbing and Excavating, KSW, Corwin Motors, TJD. I mean, all them guys, I, I, I thank them. I love them. It's, it's awesome.
11: Career win number 17. That ties you for eighth all time with John Flinner. That's damn that's, that's crazy. That's good company to be with. Let's go ahead and let you enjoy your win. Ben Police, your victory winner here for the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Congratulations, Ben Police.
4: Daryl Charlier in the 114 car and the Steel City Outlaw Tim Schaefer were your heat race winners in the Rush Dirt Late Models. Finishing second were Charlier. Cole Patrell was third, Tim Schaefer fourth, and Bill Kessler rounds out your top five. six through tenth were Tom Klein, Tom Durats Tony White, Philip Bubeck, and Dan Lepro. Also on the card, as usual, it's our priority equipment, rental, hobby stocks, and Frank McGill with yet another win. McGill, your points leader, Cody Catellis trying to track him down, but uh, Catellis not in town. Gary Catellis driving for him, finished eighth, so McGill really uh, getting a stranglehold on the points right now. Frank McGill finishing first. Tyler Fox, Stephen Sheltman, Danny Rich driving the 221K, normally driven by Carly Kovacs, and Matt Bernard finish out your top five, six 10 were Tony McGill, Caleb McManus, Gary Catellis, Chloe Jones, and Ben Anton with Steven Sheltman and the 221K of Danny Rich being your Heat Race winners. Brian Hutchko got back in victory lane for the second time this year in the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks in his 60H car. Mike Harris finishing second in the 18. Third through fifth were Nick Kachuba, Chase Lambert, and Jacob Billick. And the rest of the field was Jackson Billick, A.J. Poljak, Jacob Billick Jr., and Tanya Charlier. Justin Shea came across for his third win of the season in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, who were visiting with us yet again here at PPMS. She also uh, Shea also won his heat race. He beat out in the feature Tony Tattenhurst, J.C. Boyer, Jacob Jordan, Chelsea Krekic, and Joe Gibson. Bill Tennant was your winner in the Open Fours, and in the Young Guns, it was Travis Clark. That's a wrap from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway on Saturday night. And This coming Saturday, it's a regular five-division show. Be sure to check it all out at ppms.com. For Rapid on Racing, I'm Jim Zufall. Saturday night racing entertainment—that's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions: the Rorik Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series. The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at PA Motor Speedway.
3: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated.
5: Racers for Tots is a nonprofit organization composed of a group of racing enthusiasts who have come together to raise money through various fundraisers and raffles to purchase toys for children in need during the Christmas season. Founded in 1999, Racers for Tots has raised over $2 million to purchase toys and bicycles for children in need across western Pennsylvania. Racers for Tots donates to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh, the Salvation Army, Father Ryan's Outreach Center, Children of Murder Victims, Catholic Charities, Bikes for Children with Autism, and any local organization that benefits families with children in need. This year, the organization will celebrate 21 years, and there are many local and regional raffles and fundraisers planned. And if you see the Racers for Tots car at your local Speedway, be sure to purchase a $10 ticket for a chance to win the Racers for Tots grand prize, a brand new Rocket race car. This car is valued at about $50,000. For additional information, call 412-952-4723 or go to info at racersfortots.org.
3: Since 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the Greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988.
5: A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, PowerTech, and Asco. The experienced Salesforce has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative power sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455.
6: And now back to more Rapid On Racing with Don Gamble and Tom Lang.
7: Fans, up next is Tom Lang, and we're going to talk about the PDRA trip to Pennsylvania. Tom, good evening. How are you?
14: Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you, as always.
7: Thank you. The PDRA made their first trip to Pennsylvania last week, and as usual, the weather played a factor.
14: Yes, Don, P-D-R-A actually stands for Professional Drag Racers Association. But for many people, it means Professional Drought Relief Association. (laughs) And the P-2 Contracting Northern Nationals marked the 20th time in the last 21 races that rain has had an impact on the event. The third and final qualifying session for the pro classes was washed out friday evening but the biggest impact of the weather had to be the intense heat thursday's test session saw temperatures over one hundred degrees and at one point cars just flat stopped heading to the staging lanes for testing so there was a brief pause in the action Uh, temperatures reached 96 before the rains came on friday so when the high temperatures on saturday Only reached 86 degrees, it felt downright comfortable. (laughs) Uh, The action on track was as hot as the weather. In Penske PRS Pro Boost, Melanie Salemi's team switched from a screw blower to a root-style unit to take advantage of a 200-pound weight break, and she was the class of the field in qualifying. Melanie laid down nearly identical qualifying passes, of 3.731 and 3.732 to take the number one spot now number one qualifiers generally a good thing as that driver would be paired with the slowest car in the field for eliminations but at this race it was a mixed blessing because todd Tuttereau, who came into the race in second place in points and was runner-up at the previous race at virginia last month had his shared difficulties during qualifying which put him in the 14th and final qualifying spot. So Melanie had to race King Tut in round one, and if there is one driver you don't want to face during eliminations, it's a guy who's won 21 championships in a door car. Here's how nervous the Salamis were about racing Tutaro. They asked PDRA if they could be the first pair out during eliminations. The procedure in PDRA is for the low qualifier to be in the final pair of the first round of eliminations. But the Salemi team did not want Todd to have the opportunity to watch the other pairs of cars go down the track. The PDRA stuck to their usual procedures. Todd watched several pairs of cars as they negotiated a very hot, tricky racetrack. Todd made a couple adjustments on his car. Cut a 005 light and sped to the win as Melanie's car made a hard move to the left, forcing her to lift. Now, that round win gave Tutterow a bye run in the second round due to a short field. In the semifinals, Dar- Daniel Ferris had lane choice over Todd, but he left too soon, drawing a red light and sending Todd to his third final round of the season, where he would face points leader Kevin Rivenbark. Uh, Rivenbark picked up his first win of the season over Tudorow in the final round at the summer shootout at Virginia Motorsports Park last month. If Tut could take out Kevin in the final, it would close the gap in a points chase to just one round of racing. Uh, Tudorow got out first on Rivenbark, but Kevin was just a tad too quick for Tudorow. Rivenbark got the win, 369 to a 370. The margin of victory was a mere five thousandths of a second. In Switzer Dynamics Pro Boot or Pro Nitrous, we saw a myriad of upsets starting during qualifying when, for the first time all season, Jim Halsey's Daddy Shark Camaro was not the number one qualifier. Tommy Franklin put his Jungle Rat Camaro on the pole with a 375 with a 2 to Halsey's 375 with a 6. Uh, that wasn't the end of the surprises. In the first round of eliminations, both Halsey and Franklin, along with Jay Cox, were all eliminated. This would mark the first time in over three years that the final round of Pro Nitrous did not have one of those three cars in the final. Now, the real story of Pro Nitrous was Mike Ackenbach from nearby Nazareth, PA. Ackenbach is not a regular competitor in the PDRA. He was making only his second start in the series this season. During Thursday testing his car smacked the wall, destroying the front end. The team had a spare front clip, and after some chassis repairs, they were good to go. During qualifying, they blew it up twice and set it on fire once, destroying the windshield and another hood scoop. The team had to install a new engine for eliminations, and from there on out, it was smooth sailing as they knocked off one opponent after another to work their way to the final round where they would face Ed Burnley, who was also in his first-ever PDRA final round. Uh, Achenbach got off the line first, held off Burnley for a whole-shot win, 378 to a 376. Halsey still holds a commanding lead in the points. In extreme pro stock, points leader Chris Powers was racing at his home track as he uh, hails from Carlisle, PA. Uh, Things were falling his way until the final round when he went 006 red to hand the win to J.R. Carr, Uh, That red light was even more painful for Powers when he saw that car had an abysmal 218 light as the cars nearly matched ET's 409 with a 7 to a 409 with a 5. Powers retains a sizable points margin. And in Outlaw 632, Wes D. Stefano met Dylan Voss in the final round. During pre race testing, these two cars squared off in a $5,000 winner-take-all grudge match, which De Stefano won easily. Uh, the final round of the event went pretty much the same way as West got out first and took an easy win when Voss got loose and had to lift.
7: How did the sportsman elimination shake out?
14: Well, A couple of Ohio guys met in the final round of elite top sportsmen as points leader Tim Molnar faced first-time finalist Steve Drongowski, uh, Dronkowski had the better reaction time. He forced Molnar to run under his dial in, allowing Steve to take his first ever PDRA victory. In Top Sportsman 32, Gino Fagnelli made a rare appearance at a PDRA event, earned a spot in the final round against Nick Maloney. Uh, Nick's a real tough draw in uh, Top Sportsman. But Gino left a scant 006 too soon, allowing Maloney to take the win. An elite top dragster, DJ Cox beat a red-lighting C.J. Morley in the final round. And in the top dragster, 32, Blake Denton had an interesting day. In the semifinals, he had to race his girlfriend, Amber Franklin, whose parents, Tommy and Judy, just happened to own the PDRA. Uh, Amber got a little anxious. She went 14 red, giving Blake the win. Uh, Blake's final round match with Stacey Hall was a close one. The two drivers both had very good lights, just a thousandth of a second apart, and they both made very good runs. Blake ran 431 on a 430 dial, while Hall ran right on his 439 dial. The margin of victory was just 018. That's 18 thousandths of a second. So despite the oppressive heat and the usual rain, it turned out to be a pretty cool event.
7: I can only imagine The uh, tension of the guy racing his girlfriend. Uh, Win or lose, you're going to (laughs) lose.
14: Yeah, luckily it was her that decided to race for them, so uh, I guess she had uh, no complaints later on. At least I hope not.
7: Tom, I know this was your first time representing the title sponsor of a major event. How busy were you on the weekend?
14: Uh, Extremely. Uh, I spent a lot of time making sure that all the members of the media were supplied with information on P2 contracting and P2 racing. Uh, We had some tokens of appreciation for the media members and the staff members of the PDRA and Maple Grove Raceway, so I was busy making sure all those people got taken care of, and I still had to handle the video and data collection duties that I'm responsible for at every race, so I was very busy. I calculated that I walked 17 miles over the course of the four days I was at Maple Grove. But it was a very interesting experience, and I had a lot of fun doing it, and I can't wait to get the opportunity to do it again.
7: Well, walking 17 miles is probably why you're slim and trim. (laughs)
14: Uh, Yeah, that might have something to do with me keeping my, uh, my young figure, huh? Although I do have a bit of a pot belly, I think we eat too well.
7: Well, you know, you mentioned the media getting all the uh, data that they needed and all the information. Did they, If they're like circle track media, they like to eat. Was there any food involved?
14: Uh, yes. Uh, I don't often spend much time in the media room at a PDRA event because I have my own duties for P2 racing. But uh, since I was up in the media suite uh, quite often over the weekend, I found out that the PDRA... D- takes pretty good care of the media as far as food. I actually had to make a decision where I was going to eat. Uh, And I went back to our pit area. Uh, I wanted to make sure I saved all the food for the media for the people it was intended for. But uh, PDRA does do a good job of taking care of the media.
7: If you feed them, they will come. Field of dreams.
14: Yes, that's a fact.
7: Tom, uh, we need to wrap this up. Any closing thoughts?
14: Uh, No, that's going to cover it for this week, Don.
7: Great
3: report. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, son. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Environmental Air Incorporated.
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights.
6: And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri.
15: Joining us on Rapid on Racing, and I'm proud to say, is the 2021 410 sprint car champion at Tri-City Raceway Park, Brandon Mattis. Congratulations in your wildest dreams last week. When you were racing at the track on Sunday, you were close in points, but when that checkered flag flew, not only did you get your second win of the year, but it, over in your ear you heard, "Congratulations, point champion!"
2: How good did it feel? Uh, it always feels good when they say you won something, whether it's a heat race, hot laps, or the feature. Uh, we didn't go into Sunday, you know, even thinking we. I mean, we had a shot at the championship, but that's just not me as a racer. I'm not a points racer. And, you know, we took the white flag there, and I wasn't racing for points. I was racing to win that race. And, you know, I had Carl Bowser in front of me, and, you know, him and I started on the front row, and I did not expect to even beat him off the line, and I didn't. He's been good in the slick this year. Um, And he led the race the whole time, and I reeled him in a few times. I had a good car, but I don't know if I had a better car than he did. And I think just lap traffic fell my way, and I found the top where he didn't. And I just rocketed around the top of one and two and got by him on the last lap. I mean, it's something you dream of even as a kid, you know. I'm not only driving a race car, but, like, I want a cool race, you know, on the last lap, last pass, you know, to win the race. Like, that's just a dream come true in anybody's book. So that was pretty awesome.
15: Yeah, I think as a young kid, you know, you're playing with the little cars in the dirt or whatever. You visualize in your head what it would be like to make that lap, last pass for the win, in a victory, but not only did you get the victory, you got a championship. And Brandon, you've been so close at so many tracks over the years, and you're you're still a kid in my book. But it's just it's never good to be second. They always say no one remembers who finished second, and I, and I, I hate to say that all the years that I've been into sports, you know we've won some championships, but you know when you finish second, it, it, it stings for a little bit
2: yeah i was fortunate enough to start racing at a young age i mean i think my first full season i was 14 and a 410 and i'm 27 now as of last week which kind of sucks but i still feel like i'm 16 at heart but anyway uh i was fortunate to you know have my dad and my I mean my whole family's involved but uh you know he gave me good enough equipment to be competitive my whole career so far and uh it's just awesome getting to race with him uh We've run second so many times at Lernerville, Mercer, anywhere in points. Just, just find. You know, it's it takes a whole team to accomplish a championship. It's not just you know the driver or the crew chief. You got to have it all go your way. And for the last ten years, I something stupid would always happen. That's what it comes down to. You know, I I remember one time I was leading leading the feature at Mercer, the last points night. I was leading points. I mean, if I won that race, I won it by a mile with three or five to go I, I broke a stupid part and Jack Sodeman won it you know I've been in that situation so many times and it just feels awesome to finally pull one off and it was honestly unexpected we went into Sunday not expecting to come out the champion but we did so
15: well sometimes if you know me being as analytical as I am I know some of the championships we won I, I mean I had it down to where I knew Russ had to finish in a particular spot but that was just that's just being me but that being said, after that year, where we ran for multiple point championships. The next year was like, okay, this is like too much pressure. If I want to go on vacation in July, or I just want to take a night off, I want to, you know, I want to do that, or I want to spend time with the family. And, you know, again, your family. We'll get to that. It's such a big part of your racing, like you alluded to, but. Yeah, again, congratulations on the, the not only the win, number two, but the championship. But, you know, it has to be a little surreal. You know, up until January of this year, there was three generations of Mattises And, you know, I know your grandfather was a big part of your racing career, even though From the time that he raced it was completely different from what you and your dad raced but you still you have that knowledge and the ability he was there and as an inspirational leader you know when you lost him in january you know i think probably at some point when you're on stage you know taking all the accolades without win you had to really think about jerry
2: yeah for sure i mean no matter what track we were at every time we pulled into victory lane he was the first one there you know hooting and hollering or crying so then i cry i'm a crier but uh that's honestly the first thing i wanted to do when we won sunday not only the race sometimes he didn't go with us on sundays he'd probably be at the casino or something but you know when i got to the shop monday morning i just you know i wanted to tell him we won the championship and he would have been super proud um honestly you know being that close he probably he probably would have been there that night knowing we had a shot at it because he likes to get his picture taken but uh yeah, he always had that as backup on me. You know, if I ran good the night before, oh, I got five track championships or however many it was. I said, yeah, I know. And like you said, it was different back then, but you know, he still did it. He he won championships here at Lernerville and Tri-City. And he's, he's lived the life that I'm living now. And this whole season, I mean, I've had him in the back of my head. I mean, he's on my helmet for a reason. He's always there with me. And I'm super proud with how well I'm running, let alone my dad. We're both having good years, and every night we're in here in the truck talking after the race, and he said, well, Jer, you know, Jer pulled it off tonight, whether I won or we both ran good, and like when I won here earlier in the year, I won, and my dad ran second, and that's just unheard of, at least in our book. That's awesome, like, that's probably the best night I've ever had in racing. I don't think anything can top that, so.
15: Well, what we're going to do, Brandon, we're going to pause for a commercial message, and we'll be back shortly. Listeners, we're back from our break, and in case you just joined us, we're talking to Brandon Mattis, and we're celebrating Brandon's first 410 Sprint Car Championship at Tri-City Raceway Park, and we've been talking for about five minutes and just how he won the the championship and, and and the race at the same night it really doesn't get much better than that but you know you have you know you win the feature and the championship it's great but Brandon you and your dad are one of the few teams that are out there that you know you run three nights a week generally it's Learnerville Friday night and Saturday it's it's kind of hit and miss wherever you want to go uh, Mercer Sharon and Sunday's been Tri-City and you know that's just something that the maddest have always done and it hasn't changed and like you said earlier the old man got pretty
2: good this year i don't know if he got he switched cars or he got a little bit better with age i don't know well he just knows he's getting closer to retirement so i think he's trying to go out with a bang i mean it seems like every year every two years he says this is his last year but i'm not forcing him to quit at all i mean if he feels like he can't cut it anymore that's fine i'm I'd love to have him as a crew chief, honestly. It's one less thing I have to worry about out on the track, and I'm sure he feels the same way. You know, if the red light comes on, I'm instantly looking for him to make sure he's all right. and I know he's the same way with me. Uh, but, yeah, he's really stepped it up this year. Uh, I mean, I try and help him out as much as I can with setting the car up, but we're two totally different drivers. Like, we don't even really talk that much throughout the night. He does his thing. I do mine. Um, that's about it. Well, that's typical father and son. That's never going to change. But, but like you said,
15: the neat thing is how many people want to, And I was talking with Carol Gamble last week up in the media center before we got the the deluge of rain here. We're sitting here in the in the toter home right now, and the sun's out, so that's actually a pretty good feeling for a change. You know, Lernerville has just been crushed here on Fridays. But and it's from a racer. You want to race here as well? But you had mentioned how special it was for your dad to finish second to you the night that you won here. Uh, Not many drivers have the opportunity to race against their dads. And there's been some, you know, pretty good ones out there. You know, the Blaney's come to mind and uh, people such as that. And it's just like you said i when i talked to you guys last year down at the shop he says yeah i think this this would have been that's going to be the last year and i'm just going to be the crew chief for brandon well obviously that didn't happen i i think sometimes when when the the light at the tunnel is pretty dim uh you're trying to get everything he can but i mean you guys got a good relationship and you know and speaking about other people and you know, your mother jackie she's a big part of this team if not the big part of the team i mean she keeps she's the glue
2: that keeps you two together yeah for sure i mean she's been i don't know i wouldn't say my best supporter but she's my best supporter she tells me what i do wrong every night i don't always hear what i did right but i guess that's just the parent coming out in her but yeah i mean we couldn't do it without her she's always been there she's she just ties up the loose ends, and it's nice to have someone like that. You know, I don't expect her to work on the car or whatever, but she just does the little things. You know, the, the cooler's always stocked, or ice in the cooler, food, just little things. And, I mean, everybody has that one person that you need to keep the ship afloat, and she's it.
15: She is, and she's just, she's remarkable with that. And I'm sure, like you said, we, you, when we were off break here for a bit, you, know, you said your dad went to the pits because they kind of screwed up where they, they wasn't sure if you won the race and the way they called it, and he went into the pits, and I'm sure your mother was on top of it, and you, know, you, you went and got him in the mule. But just to, to find, you know wrap some things up, there's a lot of people that help you uh, not only throughout the week but at the racetrack and then as always you can't do it without the sponsor help so let's give those people their due diligence and what they you know what they bring to the maddis racing
2: yeah we have a lot of people that aren't only dedicated like time wise I mean sponsors I mean I have sponsors that aren't even on the car you know people just want to help out they they enjoy you know they come to our shop and whether we do work for them or what you know that's a sponsorship in itself just supporting our business is a sponsorship uh i mean soapsack electric they've been with us since i started which they were there before i even started they always helped my dad george frederick uh he owned cars for years now he kind of scaled back, but he still wanted to be involved. So, you know, we teamed up with him, and I ran his one engine there for a while this year, and, and that's the only reason I say we won here at Lernerville. Like, that thing runs great. I mean, if I ever need tires or something, George will go get them. If we need any parts, he'll go get them. It's, it's just having someone like that around that they just want to be a part of a team, and it's awesome to have him here. Him and his son, Georgie, they have Economy Landscaping, another huge sponsor on our car. We couldn't do it without them. Um, young funeral homes—they're local. I mean, all our all our sponsors are local to us or the racetracks we race at, and that's what I love doing. I like, you know, promoting their business where, you know, they bring us business at the same time. We deal with the people that deal with us. Um, JSP Allied Rubber—they're uh, in Butler, also. Um, I know there's a ton. What's that? Alternative power systems. Yeah, species. of course, Sylvan. Anytime anybody needs a generator worked on, you better take it to Silver Because <laughs> it won't only be fixed correctly, but he'll take care of any racer, anybody involved with racing. Um, there's so many on the car I can never think of. Them. Miller Masonry, Kitchen Galleria, Barney, he came on this year. He's from Beaver Falls. Um, he was at Tri-City Sunday. He never comes to the races. We got him to come Sunday, and I think he's hooked now. He said he wants to go to the two-day show and bring his camper and all kind of stuff. So... It's just nice to get new people involved also. Make me a promise, Brandon. This is a pet peeve of
15: Don and myself. When you're at the banquet, whether it's this year or into next year, please do not say, I want to thank my sponsors. They know who they are. Oh, yeah. yeah, make a list and do that. Well, Brandon, I know, I wish you, you're currently leaning points here in Lernerville. I wish you luck tonight. That's all we're gonna say about that. We got about three weeks left in the season continue to be consistent best of luck tonight and the rest of the year and congratulations champ 2021 tri-city raceway park 410 sprint car champion sounds pretty darn good to me
2: (laughs) it does and you know no matter how lernerville turns out it's just uh awesome to be competitive and be here with my family that's really not even family you know all us racers here in the pits we're all family and that's what i love so
15: As Don Gamble says, some of the best people in the world are race fans. Again, thank you for taking the time to join myself and Don on Wrapping on Racing, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I hope I'm back soon.
9: (laughs) Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Coma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020.
6: And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri.
15: Listeners, we're in victory lane after the race, and we're talking tonight's 410 winner, Brandon Mattis. Brandon, I don't know if I brought your luck earlier in the day during our interview that our listeners are going to hear, but uh, good nights. We were were talking about points earlier, and we said we weren't going to worry about it, and I really didn't put any pressure on you. And it ran a good heat, finished second. Uh, Track conditions and the heat rays were a little difficult just based upon the weather that the amount of water this track took the last couple days for the feature that you finished second in the heat started on the pole for the feature and you couldn't have asked for a better starting
2: spot Loon, with the track and they worked it really really well yeah starting position uh played played a big part in that um Having your car right helps. I threw some things at it that you know might have helped in the rough stuff, but hurt me in the smooth stuff like in one and two. By the end of that race, I was dead in the water, honestly. I mean, I'm sure everybody could tell that by watching it, but uh, we survived and we won the race. And when you start on the pole like that, you got to take advantage of it when you're Racing for points and leading points, so I'll take it.
15: You know, as the leader, you know, you really don't know where your marks are. You can see in front of you, but you don't know what's behind you. And, you know, in the you know, Farnham and Bowser kept gaining and gaining on you. Like you said, then there was that red with four to go
2: yeah i mean there comes a time during the race you know you burn your fuel load off Um, there's a lot of different things that go on out there your tires come in or they go out Uh, you you can move your wing back but on a track like that tonight it doesn't normally help you because then it doesn't want to turn so i mean you just start being more cautious at least i do you know it gets closer to the end of the race guys are getting wilder you know trying to push it harder and I try and just keep the same pace the whole race you know if I think someone's gaining on me or if I'm messing up then I'll try and correct that and I did not do a good job correcting it tonight I could feel myself getting slower but I wasn't going to wreck the race car either so if someone you know if someone was better and got by me that's fine I'm Unfortunately, I'm points racing right now, so I had to finish second or third or wherever I ended up. What's funny, I was watching up in the
15: media center, and as you were coming through the turns, I could really see your hands moving. I mean, you were really up on
2: the wheel. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way you got to be. I tried to keep the car straight and not hook any rides, you know, ride the brakes if you have to. I had both feet planted at one point during that race. That's just what you got to do, keep it straight and smooth. Well, it's been a
15: good evening. We you know, I enjoyed our talk earlier, and as we wrap up the evening with another conversation,
2: it doesn't get much
15: better than this.
2: Yeah, I would say this is probably my best season yet. I don't, I don't know. It's pretty awesome. There's a lot of things going our way for once, and I'm not used to that happening.
15: Well, we'll, we'll keep, continue to keep that horseshoe wherever it needs to be. And again, congratulations on your win tonight, Brandon. Thanks. Uh,
9: it's not a horseshoe. I, I have no comment for that. <laughs> This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources.
4: Saturday night, racing entertainment. That's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action. It all starts with our five weekly divisions. The Rorick Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks, the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns, and the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders. Throughout the season, PPMS hosts several racing series, adding to the racing action. The Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series, The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial, the Red Miley Rumble, the Jook George Steel City Classic, and the 33rd annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, and on Twitter, it's at pa Motor speedway.
6: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities.
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September come see daring drivers competed late models modifieds pro stock street stocks chargers and the fast and furious fours special events include the motor mountain masters nascar whale Modifieds, isma sanctioned super modifieds the super cup stock car series and enduro races the jennerstown speedway complex takes great pride in providing fun affordable family entertainment the 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
6: And now back to Don Gamble and more rapping on racing.
7: All right, fans, joining us now is Bobby Whitling from Seneca, PA. Bobby, thank you. I appreciate you being with us tonight. Yeah,
16: it's a pleasure to be on your show.
7: You got a pretty impressive resume, and eventually I want to talk about the 100 wins, but I want to lead up to that. Um, you've been racing for quite a while. When did you get started, and how did you get started? Um, I
16: started... In, like, 1992, actually, a buddy of mine had a car. Well, two buddies, uh, Joe Culp and uh, Brian Hartzell, they had a stock car. And uh, they let me run hot laps one time. And I think I ran a heat race, too, down at Sportsman Speedway. And after that, I was hooked. I had to have one. So I had one the next year. I had Robbie Blair build me a car.
7: That's a good uh, one. Yeah.
16: And I raced that year in 93.
7: Well, your success has developed into a situation where you now build the slider race car. Uh, How long have you been doing that?
16: Um, We've been building cars for probably since 2000, I want to say six or seven. We started building cars. Now, it's really ramped up in the last, uh, I'd say, Six or seven years here.
7: Well, you're su- We've been
16: doing it for a while.
7: Your success would uh, make that even uh, more important to people. What's it like when you're out on the track and you're racing against another slider chassis? Uh, are you trying to figure out what the fellow's going to do, or are you just proud of your work?
16: Um, we just go about racing. I mean, I always watch my cars when I can, especially if, like, they're in a different heat race or something, you know, or, or watching them. It's, it's a joy to us to see them do well, um, so we're always sort of keeping an eye on them.
7: Now, I'm, I'm guessing if they're at the same track as you, they have the option of coming over and say, uh, Bobby, uh, this is what's happening, what do you recommend, and then you can go ahead and uh, help them uh, set it up, adjust it, or whatever.
16: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we got some guys do that. You know, some guys really cherish our information, but, you know, and other guys have sort of go on their own way, which is fine. Uh, but we're always there for any questions.
7: What do you consider the best part of racing?
16: Um, probably just the feeling of success. uh if you're doing good or winning, and and you know being around the racing people, you know that
7: um, that's what I would consider the best part. If you think about it, on a race night, maybe you're on the track an hour max. But the other six and a half days of the week, you could be in the garage, you're with your buddy, your pit crew, uh, your son, Jake, uh, he could be there with you. The family part of it is, I think, the best part. And some of the greatest people in the world are at the racetracks. Every once in a while, you get a bonehead. But by and large, they're good people. They'll help you if you're in in a bad situation. How about the toughest part, other than the expense and maybe crashes? What do you find the toughest part of it?
16: Um, I would say not being successful um, in the work and the dedication that it takes during the week. You know, it a lot of times it takes away from uh, family. Right. Um, you know, if you have to work, you have to work on these cars to be fast. You cannot buy your way into this sport and just think you're going to go out there and win. You have to put garage time in, and uh, and that's a cost to family.
7: Well, the smart drivers and car owners will always tell you the, the race is won in the garage. And, you know, it's funny. I'll see guys will come to the track and they're doing all their adjustments at the track. That's that's a bad situation. When you when they get there, they just roll off the trailer and be ready to go. But unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Now, you told me how you got involved in it. How uh, how'd you pick your car number? Seven's a popular number.
16: Well, my birthday is on September 7th, so cool. I picked seven to be my number, and then right away I realized that uh, I wasn't going to deal with all the duplicate number stuff, so I just put a W in back of it for Whitling.
7: <laughs> yeah. Well, probably the most popular numbers are one and seven uh, maybe zero from time to time but uh yeah that was a that was a wise choice now in june you won the ed laboon memorial i understand that was your first ever victory at pittsburgh and you were racing with the best in your uh division uh, a little bit about the race where'd you start and uh how long did it take you th- to get to the front um
16: we started uh Well, we set quick time and we won our heat and then I believe I got I got third in the dash and so I started third, or no I started second, I got second in the dash and um, Chris Scott Snyder who we all know the best racer in our division he, he got out to a lead there and then honestly I was thinking to myself during that time you know well you know second place pays pretty good too and then then I started reeling them in and uh you know, I you know, there were some other things that happened but I ended up winning and uh I really wasn't expecting that because Pittsburgh is not one of my best tracks as a driver. Yeah. And uh, but it happened and yeah, man, it was best feeling in the world and you know? just definitely the biggest race of my
7: life. If you can beat Chris Schneider, that's a monumental victory. It paid over five thousand to win. You know the the Laboon family really works hard at this, and it's one of the premier races at Pittsburgh for the Pro Stocks. Now, uh, recently, I believe it was Sunday a week ago, uh, you picked up win number one hundred at Tri City. What an accomplishment! What did that feel like?
16: Uh, it's a bit. It's been great. We've been stuck on 99 for like, oh, I don't know, maybe three or three weeks we won it at Tri-City. But um, so it's been a relief to get it. Everyone, like a lot of family was going that usually doesn't go. They wanted to see it. And and then when I didn't win, I felt like I disappointed them, you know. But uh, it was an ongoing deal, and I'm glad we got it. It's something that I set a goal years ago, and you know I told my family that if I could get a hundred I'd be happy and I really didn't think we were gonna get it uh we had seventy seven wins back in two thousand seven and uh, and then we did a an mod venture and a crate late model deal up until two thousand fifteen and I think we only had two wins in that in that span right there. So in '15, when we decided to sell all that stuff and start having fun again and building our own cars and going to do the Penn Ohio series and we, we've we been picking some wins off here and there. Uh, this year we're, we've really done well, we've uh, got six features this year already. So.
7: Um, Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Bobby Whitling, the driver of the number 7W Pro Stock. Um, is Tri City your best track? Is that where uh, you seem to have the most victories?
16: I definitely have the most victories at Tri City. I think uh, I was talking to Walt Weimer. I think 56 of my 100 are, are at Tri City Speedway. Yeah. Because Tri City is my. I'm 15 minutes away from there, so it's always been sort of my own track.
7: Yeah. Well, Um, I've been there a couple of times when you were in Victory Lane, and I was always impressed. Smooth driver, clean driver. You know what you need to do. You get the job done. You had put some comments on Facebook about thanking people, and I'd like you to share those for our listeners because some of them might not be on Facebook.
16: Well, I just wanted to thank everybody that, you know, I got starting Monday, you know, I got a lot of personal messages and a lot of phone calls and, and, uh, text messages, you know, congratulating me and that meant a lot to me. You know, it was, uh, it was very well appreciated. Um, so I put that post on Facebook just so some people would see that. And, uh,
7: you said you're not the best driver, never claimed to be. I'd say 100 wins. you <laughs> got to be up at the top of the list there. Um, you said many of the sponsors supported you over the years. Why don't we take a minute and acknowledge your sponsors?
16: Well, my current sponsors,
7: um,
16: I, I have to thank War uh, Wheels, uh, Bob family over there. He helps me out as much as he can on like fuel and uh, you know, smaller items, uh, Bruce Smith Construction, R&R Enterprise, Randy Wyatt. I mean, Randy does a lot for the sport, uh, whether it be, you know, sponsoring a race or or helping the Penn Ohio Series, uh, Bish Heating and Cooling, Jed's Racing Engines. He's done my engines now for probably 10 years. Uh, Delaney's Garage, AccuForce Dynos and Testers, Precise Racing Products, Hoosier Tire, Mid Atlantic, ABL Wooden Creations, and uh, of course, Slider Race
14: Cars.
7: You said you've been working hard for twenty-seven years. You got a hundred wins, but you're still a young guy. How much longer do you foresee that you can keep racking up the wins? Any goals as far as uh, what the future would be?
16: Um, I'm just taking it year by year right now. It's definitely tougher now than it was even 10 years ago um you know just because of the time in the garage spent and that but but i don't plan on retiring anytime soon i mean i'm still healthy and uh, i still feel like i can get the job done so um i would really like to be racing when my son starts to race if he does yeah and i'd like to i'd like to uh race against him is a goal that I
7: have also that's pretty neat when that happens I know years ago when I interviewed Bob Waring and his son and I asked them both the same question when you're racing against each other how hard is said that's the hardest I race because we need (laughs) bragging rights at Thanksgiving (laughs) how about your pit crew takes a lot of work and a lot of guys to make this happen
16: Um, my brother Brad he's, uh, he's sort of my partner in this deal right now. Uh, you know, as far as with building the chassis and, uh, you know, in, in our own racing program also, uh, so he's, I got to thank him and then Mark Delaney, uh, Nate Jacoby, uh, Jody rear. And then we got these young kids like my son and Colby Delaney and Danica and Devin that are, you know, we're just teaching them, you know, all these younger, you know, 13 to 15 year olds.
7: That's the future. I mean, you're still young, but at some point in time, the next generation is going to have to step in. You you commented, uh, on Facebook, uh, Damn, it's been fun. I wouldn't change anything. And you kept thanking all the people and said, "See you at the track." Uh, we're coming up on a break. Uh, any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add?
16: Um, I just want to thank everybody involved with my program and, every, and all my fans. I want to thank you, and uh, and I want definitely want to thank uh, my wife Christine and uh, my son Jake.
7: When you met Christine, was she a race fan, or did you have to bring her into the fold?
16: Unfortunately, I met her in victory lane at Tri-City. Oh. She she was the uh, trophy queen that year, so we got to know each other and won a bunch of races that year. then just so happened we ended up married
7: (laughs) that sounds like a Cinderella story you're in you're in victory lane with the trophy queen you give her a kiss and said wow pretty girl this is nice (laughs) Yeah, let's go on a date (laughs) yeah well Bobby I I congratulate you on the 100 wins Uh, I thank you for being with us and I hope the rest of this year and next year you just keep chalking up those victories
16: okay well I, I appreciate it Don and it's been nice talking to you
9: thank you Thanks. This portion of today's program was brought to you by alternative power sources. Thomas Meat Market is a full-service old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania where they've been for over fifty years. They hand select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Thomas, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Coma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020.
5: When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now back to
6: Don Gamble and more rapping on racing.
7: All right, fans, joining us now is big block modified driver Brad Rapp. Brad, good evening. How are you?
17: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
7: And thanks for taking the time to be with us. You know, you're originally from Clarion and now currently living in Erie. Um, Had a pretty good uh, race down at Mercer lately, Uh, and we'll get into that. I want to talk about the BRP tour, but... uh, When I heard one of the comments on Facebook, they said, uh, Dr. Brad Rapp, and I thought that's either a nickname or I need educated. So what does that mean?
8: Uh,
17: Well, I actually have my doctorate degree in physical therapy. I got that at Gannon University back in 2014, um, and I've been practicing as a physical therapist since that time. Um, So that's just kind of how that came up. Um, you know, shortly after I graduated, that started circling around the racetracks, and it just kind of stuck.
7: That's that's a pretty good. Uh thing on the resume and also an excellent area to be in. I think I mentioned to you before we went on the air, my granddaughter's working on the same thing. So I kind of have a a feeling for uh, what you do. I thought it was interesting. Last year, my niece hurt so bad that I was using a cane, and she said, Grandpa, you're not drinking enough water. So I listened to her. Guess what? (laughs) Solved the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, That's right. some of your jobs in racing prior to driving, did you have anything that you uh, did helping somebody?
17: Um, just uh, the family car, pretty much. Um, you know, my my dad had had a car pretty much since the time I was born, um, and I've worked on the car my whole life ever since, you know, started out just, you know, watching things and learning things, and then you start washing the car, and build your way up to where you start turning some wrenches and learning the ins and outs and then uh, i i was 14 getting ready to turn 15 whenever i started driving the car um it was just uh one of those things we were racing go-karts and doing pretty well and it was kind of like what's the next step and it was to try the big car out and it you know the first few races went well and here we are a bunch of years later still racing
7: which car did your dad have
17: um so he he had the uh the big block modified the whole way through um that's that's pretty much what they ran um and then when i started we jumped down to the 358 class for a few years um and we ran that class uh maybe three or four years and then i jumped up to the big block class after that
7: so if you were taking a total uh your number of years in racing from go karts to uh yesterday how many years have you been doing this
17: uh, I would say about 20 years, uh, roughly, off the top of my head.
7: Yeah, you don't look that old, so that's a good thing.
17: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm 33 now, so I think I was uh, 11 or 12, something like that, when we started playing with the go-karts, and um, yeah, we've been after it ever since.
7: So it was inevitable, if Dad was involved, that uh, this you would be exposed to this, developed an interest in it, and... Now you're uh, visiting Victory Lane, which is kind of cool. What do you like best about racing?
17: Well, I think, um, you know, obviously the people, I think. You know, we've we've had a good group of people that have helped us for a long time. And now, um, you know, my wife and I, we have a daughter. And with our parents and some of our other family that are involved in racing, it's just fun to go and, um, you know, just hang out with everybody, have a good time. You know, the competition's obviously uh, good too when you're having a good season, you know, we're doing well this year. So it keeps your spirits up to get to the track every week and, uh, you know, just be around everybody and, uh, you know, just being able to, to, to do those kinds of things.
7: The family is the best part of racing. And I've said it many, many times, uh, you know, uh, you might be on the racetrack for an hour max uh, on a race night, but the time you spend in the garage, you're at the Haas, the time with the family or the pit crew, that's pretty special. Now, your daughter, Noelle, uh, how old is she?
17: She's three. Hmm.
7: And does she like watching Dad race?
17: Oh, yeah, she loves it. Um, that's, that's one of those things where we almost kind of use it as punishment with her anymore, that she loves going to the track so much. If she starts acting up, we'll tell her no racing this weekend, and uh, that usually straightens her right up.
7: I like that. That's a that's a nice way to do things.
17: <laughs> Other than the exp- it does work. Go ahead. It does work good, and she definitely listens to it because she loves going to the track. And uh, you know, my wife videotapes a lot of the races, and you can hear her hollering in the background and cheering the whole way through.
7: Well, your wife Ashley. Uh, Special ladies are married to racers, and I say it all the time. If it's the wife, the mom, the sister, the daughter, the girlfriend, that's the glue that holds everything together. And without that part of the puzzle, it's not as much fun, and it just doesn't seem to work as well. Uh, Other than the expense, what's the toughest part about racing?
17: Well, just the time commitment, I think, for us right now. Um... You know, I live about an hour and 20 minutes from my parents where we house the car and, you know, working full time. And now with, you know, a daughter and trying to split time between getting the car ready every week and, you know, spending time with her and Ashley and doing all the other things that need done in life. Um, you know, it's just a balancing act pretty much to get everything in and get everything done because, you know, as you know, you know, racing takes up so much time, getting the cars ready, traveling to the track and, everything that happens in between. It's a lot, but, you know, so far we've been able to balance it and make it work.
7: Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Brad Rapp. Uh, Do your patients know you race?
17: Yeah, some. I would say most of them do. It ends up coming out in conversation one way or another, Um, you know, whether other people bring it up or, you know, we get talking about hobbies and interests while we're, um, you know, doing treatment. Um, Quite a few, I would say no. Um, And actually, where I'm at, um, I work in Titusville Hospital, which isn't too far from Tri-City Speedway um, or Tri-City Raceway Park it is now. Um, So they have some interest in that or they know um, a good bit about it, which is kind of interesting to be able to talk to my patients about that
7: yeah, well then they realize you're a regular person you're not somebody that just comes in looks at them they're a number and you go out And that's got to make it really nice with the patients uh, to build that bonding or camaraderie with your patients got to make it easier you mentioned hobbies do you have time for any hobbies
17: well hi i have a few um my biggest one i would say outside of racing is um hunting Um, I do a lot of hunting in the fall and through the winter months. Um, Whenever we're, you know, turning the car around over the winter, I try to fit in some some hunts here and there. Um, I do a little bit of fishing, but not as much as I'd like to anymore. But uh, those are pretty much the things I do the most, racing, hunting, and fishing.
7: I think most racers, hunting would be their favorite hobby, but then some other ones would follow in line. Uh, Your most memorable moment in racing, what would that be?
17: Um, you know, I think probably one that, that sticks out the most, um, would be maybe my first career win in the 358 class at Mercer. Um, it was a pretty neat night because they were doing, uh, double features that night and we didn't do real good in the second one or the first one, I'm sorry. Um, we ran fifth or sixth, but we kind of started there, didn't make any ground. And we came in and we were just deciding what we wanted to do to make the car better. And I don't know. We, we didn't really make any changes. We just decided to go out and run the car as hard as we could, and I ended up uh, making a last lap pass in turn three and four for the win. Um, so that was pretty exciting for the first, first career win.
7: How about the most embarrassing moment in racing? And everybody has one.
17: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because we were just at Bedford last night racing, and uh, this probably happened to me last year down there. Um, I think I spun out three times in one race um that night. we just we were off on the setup the track got really slick and I don't think I had spun out that many times the whole year before, and, but you know la that, that race was just trouble for me and um you know because I kind of pride myself in that just you know if the car's not so good, just take what you can get and get a finish and don't be spinning out, try not to be wrecking and Uh, that was just a bad race for me for whatever reason.
7: Slick tracks are tough for all the guys, you know, especially maybe you don't have the right tire for it or maybe just pick a reason. They're they're tough. Um, Again, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Brad Rapp. How'd you pick your car number?
17: Well, um, it just kind of developed through the years. Um, Back, um, my father started a team with uh my uncle and they ran the the number 11K at that time. Um my uncle's last name was Kaiser, Kevin Kaiser. Um they kind of teamed up with the car and then uh through the years my dad kind of started to take over more of the operation and we kept the 11. We just changed it to 11R instead of 11K and uh you know, we just kept that number as I came up through, I ran the same number when I ran go-kart And uh, we've just kept it right up into my modified racing career as well.
7: Looking at the BRP Tour, uh, looks like Mother Nature has six wins. And then going down from there, Chad Brockman's got a bunch. Uh, Garrett Crummert has one, Rex King Jr. And you picked up the most recent one at Mercer, August 7th. That had to be kind of gratifying.
17: Yeah, it was, um, because believe it or not, uh, as many races as we've run with the BRP Tour, that was my first career win with them also, Um, and uh, it was, I think, our highest-paying race that we'll have this year, so it was a big win for us. Um, It had been a few years since we had won a race, Um, so it was a big night for us um, all around. I mean, we had, you know, some more people there, some fans and stuff, and some sponsors that were there watching so it was just a good night to to get a win finally
7: well you mentioned the sponsors let's uh, share that with the listeners
17: yeah we picked up uh, some new sponsors this year uh, franklin industries was one um onyx was another um as well as some sponsors we've had for a long time sw auto body vinyl graphics unlimited uh Steel, and uh, finn and barrett outdoors are our big supporters
7: Now, you have a good-looking car. I've seen you race on many occasions. Who are the guys that keep it running and keep it looking good?
17: Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, my parents obviously are a big part in that. Um, My dad and I, we do a good bit of the work. Uh, Mark Rossi helps us uh, on and off, and uh, Don Smith are our core part of the pit crew team.
7: We're coming up on a commercial break. Do you have any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to add that we haven't covered?
17: Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd just like to, along with the sponsors I mentioned, thank my parents for everything they do on the team, and uh, thank my wife um, for putting up for all the time I'm away and working on the car and handling my daughter, Noelle, and Um, I just like to thank them for their support and, uh, you know, letting me be able to go out and do the racing that we do.
7: The sacrifices with your wife, Ashley, and your parents are incredible. And for them to be, um, there for you is very, very special. Well, I'll just call you Brad here when we wrap up. Brad Rapp, I want to thank you for being with us and, uh, want to wish you continued success for the remainder
3: of the season.
17: All right, thanks. Have a good night, and thanks for having me on.
3: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
5: Racers for Tots is a nonprofit organization composed of a group of racing enthusiasts who have come together to raise money through various fundraisers and raffles to purchase toys for children in need during the Christmas season. Founded in 1999, Racers for Tots has raised over $2 million to purchase toys and bicycles for children in need across western Pennsylvania. Racers for Tots donates to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, the Children's Institute of Pittsburgh, the Salvation Army, Father Ryan's Outreach Center, Children of Murder Victims, Catholic Charities, Bikes for Children with Autism, and any local organization that benefits families with children in need. This year, the organization will celebrate 21 years, and there are many local and regional raffles and fundraisers planned. And if you see the Racers for Tots car at your local Speedway, be sure to purchase a $10 ticket for a chance to win the Racers for Tots grand prize, a brand-new Rocket race car. This car is valued at about $50,000. For additional information, call 412-952-4723 or go to info at racersfortots.org. Since
3: 1974, Environmental Air Incorporated has provided quality sheet metal and HVAC services in the greater Pittsburgh area. They're a commercial sheet metal contractor. Founded in 1974 by Glade Neal, Environmental Air is a family-owned union sheet metal company currently managed by Paul and Craig Neal. The people of Environmental Air are both a team and a family. They believe customer service is important. They value their employees and know that together they can have a meaningful impact on each project or service they provide. Residential service is not available due to the magnitude of their commercial work. 47 years of excellent customer service is the foundation of this successful company. Environmental Air is located at 1100 McCartney Street, Pittsburgh, PA, 15220. For additional information, call 412-922-8988.
5: A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and Asco. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources For more information, call 1-800-894-4455.
6: And now back to Don Gamble and more rapping on Racing.
18: Andrew Gordon wins the Tom Scott Memorial tonight at Hummingbird Speedway. Andrew, you had him covered tonight and led all but two laps. How did the car feel out there as you were pretty dominant against the field tonight? felt pretty good. Uh,
1: A lot better than last week, week weekend. Um, still working on a few things, trying to get our stuff gathered back up. Uh, there's a lot of competitive guys, so we gotta, everyone else is staying on their equipment, so we gotta stay on ours just as much uh, if we wanna stay up top. So it was, felt pretty damn good. How much different was the track from last
18: week to this weekend? Uh, we had 30 laps last weekend and 25 tonight. Was there anything? You learned last weekend that you used tonight and i know you've been running here a couple weeks to get ready for these two races what did, did you le- learn anything in those couple of races to use tonight
1: yeah uh the track's pretty much the same It was still gritty uh it was my car like the middle of the track if i went down low it wasn't as good um i really don't want to compare because last week we didn't have a good run uh but from the previous runs the car felt the same just a couple little bumps that were in different areas, but besides grip-wise, it was struggle to you know, to get a hold of. It was a throttle game, and then when you were able to get straightened out to, to really get on it, then you could.
18: Uh, there's a couple more races coming up at the end of the year, and the next uh, Penn, Ohio Extreme Race will be at Lernerville. I know you guys went there a couple weeks ago and tested. You got some momentum now picking up this weekend's win. Are you excited to head to a track in Lernerville?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we went to Learnerville twice this year. We didn't have a good first run. We broke a motor, and then the second run, we finished third. Um, yeah, that track's always tricky. There's a lot of guys that run it a lot and are really good. So, I mean, we have really gotta, me, I gotta learn to drive the track. Um, and if we got a car that we have now, I think we should have a good finish. Uh, but it's, it's so competitive there. There's a lot of good guys. Um, it just, gotta let it play and fall into our hands. Hopefully we get some luck on our side. Uh, $1,500
18: tonight in your pocket along with some lap money. Uh, who do you want to thank for this win tonight?
1: Uh, my crew, they do a lot. They don't ever come down to victory lane get their picture taken or take any credit, but they do a lot. Uh, they definitely, we've had some new help this year. That stepped up our program. Um, all my sponsors, uh, Trick Shot k Tire, Star Trucking, uh, LNS Detailing, Spraying shit, Celantra Painting, Flock Services, uh, Penske Shocks, uh, Pen Design, uh, Absolute Powder Coat, and all these guys—they, you know—they've been a big hand and they helped support it. Not just me, but a lot of people. They help support, so which is nice. But yeah, I couldn't do it without all them guys. Congratulate you on winning
18: the third annual Tom Scott Memorial.
19: Thank you. He's out of the car. Having a big hand for your feature winner, Jared Miley. I'm not sure what you can say that Jeremiah or that uh, Garrett Crummer did say. Tough track tonight, fast, but a little bit on a cowboy upside.
20: Uh, yeah, definitely had to get up on the wheel there and man up. Like you just didn't have a choice, especially starting up front. You got to get up from the beginning. So, but I mean, hey, they did all they could and you know tried to get it smoother and you know. Uh, but you know that happens sometimes. It's dirt racing. But uh, just thanks for all the fans for coming out and uh, we just tried to do the best we could.
19: So interesting decisions always on the restart talk the same thing you know with uh, garrett crummer that's how he got the lead so you chose uh, the bottom early and then switch strategies late what what went into that decision making of where you're starting on the front row uh
20: just uh like kenny was getting good starts on me there and the bottom coming out of four is a little bit rough and now my wheels are leaving the ground coming off on the start so i figured that was what was hurting me because i wanted to get down lower once i got in the corner but uh the top was just a little smoother on the starts, and I got a good takeoff the time I started on the outside, and it, uh, it definitely paid off.
19: So 35 career feature wins now, breaking a tie for fifth all time with some guy named Ben Miley. That's uh, pretty cool. I heard you say the one of the other times when I won it was
20: 34, so I'm like, then we have to be getting close to Ben. So uh, yeah, that is pretty neat. So uh, family, crew, sponsor, car owner, who all makes it possible. Uh, definitely Joe Carrado and Mary Fleeger, uh, Blue Mountain Energy. Without them, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here right now, and. Uh, my dad, Jerry, my brother Matt, Calusi um, Chevrolet, Jay's Auto Wrecking, uh, Hoosier Tire, Rocket Chassis, and uh, yeah, I just want to thank the Shelton Brands for putting up the extra money for their, you know, their father's memorial and stuff, and uh, that's pretty cool. And um,
19: you know, it was a good race with uh, Kenny there too. Congratulations, 35th feature win, third this year, but a big hand for the Jet, Jared Miley. So Garrett's gonna take his swig of uh, the Marburger Farm Dairy iced tea. I don't know why it would be running hot. It's not like you ran the crap out of it for 25 laps. Yeah, we
1: beat the shit out of it for 25 laps. Um, you know, I appreciate everything Lunderville did. They tried to work on the track, you know. And, uh, as long as they're trying, you got to give them credit. They worked on it for a while to just come up on them. Uh, man, I'm beat. I don't know. Uh, it sucks. We only had 11 cars. But at least for my seat, it was a hell of a race. So hopefully the fans that came out tonight thought that was a
19: decent race. So, a big decision on the restart is always to go inside or the outside. Jeremiah took the inside and it worked out in your favor. Came in with a five-point lead and coming out of it tonight, it's just going to be a three-point uh, margin between the two of you with two nights to go.
1: Yeah, for me, it, it was simple. You know, he was leading, so he kind of had to make the decision, and I know that I got to beat him. You know, I got to beat him on the track to win the points. And uh, it was simple for me. I was going to run it into one, and it was either going to stick, or we were going to go out into the trees and be eleventh. So.
19: So who all makes it possible? You got a good crew, family, sponsors that on this 29
1: machine. Yeah, absolutely. I got to first thank my wife and her family, my crew chief Ryan, my other crew guy Mike, uh, Ryan's wife Amy. My mom and dad couldn't be here tonight. Um, Dig from Big Shocks, man. He uh, he's gonna get some business because I'm gonna have to send them these back to get them checked out. Um, like I said, Luraville, I, I give them credit. They took the time and tried to work on it and make it right. So thank them for that, and the fans for coming out tonight.
19: So, congratulations, feature tonight, the deal modified. So put a big hand. For defending track champion just three points out of the lead now Garrett Krummer out of the car and Terry Bowser excavating victory lane for the first time as a driver Brian Dougherty your feature winner tonight as all feature winners do got a jug of iced tea from the Marlboro farm dairy a pack of meat sticks from the Toma of meat market so Brian congratulations you've helped a lot of other drivers get down here but tonight here you stand yourself now as a driver how's that feel yeah I tell you I've
8: stood down here quite a few times in the past uh, you know, all our races, uh, whatever, big block races with those guys, whoever. Uh, I didn't think I'd be standing here, I can tell you that.
19: That's uh, pretty cool, pretty cool for sure. So you're fast here, your first time out, uh, faded a little bit in the feature, and then tonight, uh, Brett Gutierrez had a great pace, but ran him down, past him,
14: and he had some problems of his own, but once you got out front, just checked out yeah I mean I feel
8: like I was pretty decent I, I think on the caution there, the guy going to the pits might have hit his quarter panel and I know how that affects the cars a little bit That probably messed with his handling a little bit and he was really running the preferred line off of four here you had to get up and high and then diamond down off and I don't know if I would have got him I mean it's just on a track like that you just take what you can get and hold on to the steering wheel <laughs> So how did this whole team come together,
19: going from helping everyone else to having your own car? Well, I mean, we just, uh, me and Andrew Wiley, who raced
8: the late models, uh, he and I got together a couple years ago, and I said, let's build a street stock. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah,
13: why not? So we threw one together and put both of our brains together, and I mean, I'll probably get to race 10 times a year, maybe with my schedule, so we did it for fun, but yeah, it's been fun so far.
19: Congratulations, Fast right out of the box. Looking good, glad to have you as an addition. To the South Pickup Park, Penn, Ohio, Pro Sox, your feature winner tonight, his first Lernerville
3: feature win as a driver, Brian Doherty This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Saturday night racing
4: entertainment that's what you'll get every week at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway the 2021 schedule is jam-packed with racing action it all starts with our five weekly divisions the Rorik Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models the Admar Penn Ohio Pro Stocks the Priority Equipment Rental Hobby Stocks the Always Safe Traffic Control Young Guns and the Crawford Auto Repair Four Cylinders throughout the season PPMS hosts several racing series adding to the racing action the Rush Dirt Late Model Touring Series The Falcone Moon Township Automotive 410 Sprint Summer Series. The Rush Sportsman Modifieds. The Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series. The Rush Wingless Sprints. Thunder on the Dirt Vintage Modifieds. And the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Special events include the Herb Scott Memorial. The Red Miley Rumble. The Jook George Steel City Classic. And the 33rd Annual Pittsburgher 100. Stay up to date with all the news from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway at ppms.com. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And on Twitter, it's at pa speedway.
6: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides... Give him a call at 724-443-5720, that's 724-443-5720, or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com.
5: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stock, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whelen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
6: And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie
21: Bayless. Michael, congratulations. Tell you what, the car definitely on a rail. Starting up front though, definitely an advantage tonight.
22: Oh yeah, this track is all about clean air. (laughs) Um, The car was a little bit free, but uh, it was pretty good.
21: And and you just mentioned something yourself. This track, the high speeds, clean air, and these cars, you wouldn't think they're that aero sensitive, but man, it looks like they are, and one thing with you, that you can run this car wherever you need to, you prefer that high groove, and I was getting a good run down low. Just goes to show you that there's a lot of bite.
22: Oh yeah, he was definitely good on the bottom. Uh, he scared me on that one restart. I come up on the top and just never lifted. But uh, but yeah, this track is very very big on arrow because I've been behind cars running the top and just they take the air off the front end and just push and shove right over the track.
21: Hey Michael, we got a trophy queen here for you. And now's a chance for you to go ahead and thank this winning crew and hit the sponsors besides Gary's Auto Sales, Valley, and Mike's 24 Hour Towing.
22: Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of people to help on a car. Uh, Randy, my mom, my dad, my fiancee Jenna. uh, Gary's Auto sells, Mike's Auto Repair, Rocket Chassis, Cletus Motorsports, uh, Ingram Engines, Economy Furnace, Economy Electric, uh, Valvoline, uh, Kelly Construction, Palo's Auto Body, Russ King Racing. Just everybody that uh, helps me out. I appreciate it.
21: Let's give a round of applause. The Mason Town Missiles here in Victory Lane.
9: Innerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the tri-state's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing.
16: Stand on it, come on, y'all, stand on it.